When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to that Gabby Roslin podcast. I always love chatting to the gorgeous, lovely Vicky Patterson. We, of course, talk about the TV programs Geordie Shaw and I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, where she found fame. She talks very openly about how it felt to become famous so quickly. We chat about her gorgeous puppy dog, Milo, finding happiness with her boyfriend, Erkan, plus her acting in the ITV sitcom, Buffering. Her brilliant podcast called The Secret Two and writing her autobiography, self-help books and a novel. She is one inspiringly busy lady and I adore her. Enjoy. Please can I ask you a favour? Would you mind, please, following and subscribing, please, by pressing the follow or subscribe buttons, please? This is completely and utterly free, by the way. And then you can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes and you'll see the stars where you can tap and rate. And also, please write a review. Thank you so much. How many places was that? Probably too many, but please, thank you. Vicky, do you know what? It's very funny. I was explaining who you were to my 14-year-old and she follows you on Instagram and... She says, oh, you mean the girl who's very lovely. Oh. And do you know what? That I thought that was the perfect way to, to describe you. I said, yeah, the girl who's very lovely. And I love that my kids think that too. And whenever I, I, I'm lucky enough to have met you in real life, and I said to your face, I just think you're lovely. <laughs> oh, Gabby, honestly, she's obviously chip off the old block there um <laughs> she sounds so nice it's it, it's really sweet like I often I think I stopped doing nightclub PAs and all that sort of stuff like god ages ago now but it was because like young people were coming up and saying things like me mom really likes you so I sort of realized like oh hang on I think I'm I, I think I'm out of side of this market now so yeah most young people might only know me from Instagram to be fair but it's lovely I'm still having some sort of an impact <laughs> well you are and I think what you do uh, through your social media um Vicky is you're a real reality star. So <laughs> I, I'm, you and I have had this conversation before, but you are a woman's woman. You appreciate life. You appreciate the small things, but you'd say it as it is, but you're not rude about it. And for you, you've got heart and you really do care. And you came to everybody's, you know, people who might not have known who you were before when you started out in 2011, I think it was with Geordie Shaw. When you did I'm a Celebrity, suddenly... Everybody sat up and went, oh, my God, who's that? She's fantastic. I want her to be my friend. I mean, that <laughs> seemed to cut through, didn't it? I think um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I was a huge, 
like pivotal moment in both my life and my career for, for that matter. Um, before that, I had just been on Jodie Shore and it's a very divisive show and I was a, com- a controversial character. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's totally different to I'm a Celeb. Like, I'm a Celeb, you completely get what you see. You can't make a good person look bad and you can't make a bad person look good, I don't think. Like, the show's turned around too quickly. Like, with it's... It's just the nature of the show. But with Jodie Shaw, you get sort of like 100 hours of footage goes into 45 minutes of show. And it can at times be incredibly contrived. So for me to be able to have that second chance to to show the public, like the real me, I, I considered it invaluable. And I'll always be dead grateful to IDV and, and the jungle for that opportunity, I suppose. You know, let's go back before Geordie Shaw. Um, you know, you were working on the Dorian nightclubs. You you were you were a regular girl. You had your issues, which you've spoken about so honestly, and that's why I think everyone says what a lovely girl because you're so honest about things, and there's no BS about you. But before all of that, did you want to be? And I'm going to use the word, and we're going to come back to this word. Did you want to be a celebrity before that? Did you want to be famous? Um, so, no, I don't think being famous was ever particularly on my radar, although it's weird you bring that up because my mum's moving house and I was literally just sitting in our, in our garden at the weekend and we're going through old photos and stuff and there's a picture of when I've gone to like the old this, the old this morning studios, you know, when you used to have the floating British Isles outside. Yeah. And I'm there and I'm sitting on set holding a little bit of paper, pretending I'm doing like the morning roundup or the news or a segment or something. So it was probably always in the back of my mind that I wanted to be something within within the world I found myself in. But I think it's safe to say I, I had no idea exactly what I wanted to be. I just wanted to be successful. So what was success then? To you in those days, not now, yeah. but in those days. Well, success looked different. Like, you know yourself, man, like the older you get success totally, what you see, and what you deem to be success totally changes. But when I was younger, like one minute I wanted to, one minute I wanted to be like the UK's answer to Carrie Bradshaw, you know? I saw myself running around London in a pair of Jimmy Choo's and a tutu, <laughs> influencing <laughs> a generation with my words. Um, and then the next second, like, I want to work behind the scenes. Like, I want to be that really super, really busy um, TV producer shouting into, um, like, a headpiece. Like, I, I had no specific idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted it to be fun and fast-paced and probably in the world I found myself in now, if I'm honest, just whether it was behind the camera or in front of, I, I wasn't too fussed. So then when you did Geordie Shaw, you were suddenly, and I'm again, that's where I'm coming back to that word, fame and celebrity suddenly didn't creep up on you. It was wham, bam, <laughs> here I am. I mean, it was a, it was a massive change to your life. Lots of people can't handle it and so how did you do it? How did you manage that? Um, I think like anyone who who's like followed my journey closely or even like watched Jodie Shaw and has like memories of, of the people we used to be back then, like I didn't really deal with it very well. Um, and I, I, I certainly didn't have the correct tools to navigate the huge level of pressure um, and scrutiny that I was under. Um, I would gone from being like completely unknown to um, like the most controversial show on TV completely overnight. And um, 
I found I found it really difficult. Um, we were given like you know your basic media training and stuff like that, and MTV did tell us they were always there if we needed anything, but it's just not enough. Like for young kids, like I think I was one of the oldest at like twenty two or something. So how young some of the lasses and lads must have been, like it was at times really traumatic. Like you're just learning so much about yourself in your late teens, early twenties. You're working out who you want to be and you're so vulnerable and insecure. Like I didn't have half the confidence and like self-worth I've got now. So to to feel really like a fish out of water in the new world you're in, but also have everyone else telling you how, you know, you don't look right or they don't want you on the TV. Like it's it was an incredibly transitional but also difficult time for me and I, I don't know if I did deal with it very well but I had no alternative like I didn't know any better. Isn't it horrible though from that moment that fame happens or or it, however it comes that you're being judged actually not for, you know regular people in the street and that's what you're so outspoken about but for that minute there you were at 22 being judged and just People had absolutely their opinion of you and that was it. It was really blinkered and they're judging every single part of you and they couldn't see past their thoughts. I think it's, it's human nature and it's, it's super sad and it's why I took like such a, such a strong stance against it. Like every, everybody is different and everybody has their own journey and you can't judge anyone until like you've walked a mile in their shoes like I, I believe this um so when I first started on Jodie Shaw just like 10 years ago now which is fucking terrifying um it, I, I at the same time as like reality tv was having this huge resurgence um social media kicked off as well and it wasn't like your instagrams and your tiktoks of course everyone knows that came much later it was twitter and I always think twitter is it probably didn't start this way, but it's quite a vicious space. Yes. Um, yes. And it, like, not only was I dealing with like the reality TV juggernaut that had just exploded, Jodie Shaw, Towie, Made in Chelsea, everything. People were also now getting their head around the fact that not only were the same people's lives unfold on reality TV, they were also allowed to have an opinion, and not just an opinion that they could share with their mates down the pub or over a glass of wine when the kids were in bed, but they could share this opinion with the person they were writing about. Um, and, like, I can criticise the trolls or the negativity or the people who are writing it all I want, but the fact is, like, the people who are just learning as well, I think the, the fact that the amalgamation of both of these things joining, like, coming to, coming to fruition at the same time led people to have more easy access to people on the TV than they'd ever had before. And it was an exciting, but also a very, for the people that were the targets, a very scary time. And I do think people have learnt like a lot over the last, say, 10 years. And there's so many important movements and so many brilliant people campaigning for change. But I also think we've got a hell of a long way to go, as we've just seen by, God, the latest reaction to our to our footballers in the World Cup final. Or oh God! Even look at the way the people are talking about the, the lovely long, the lovely young lot on Love Island. Like that scares us. I just feel like I, I don't know how long it's going to take us to learn. But I know these huge platforms, Instagram, social media, TikTok, whatever they are, they have a responsibility to make people do better, even if they won't do it themselves. 
But you stand up for it. I mean, you you always speak out. You really do about, I mean, every, anything from, you know, the pictures of you in a bikini and going, hold on, this is the reality, to you going out in the evening and you've had your hair and your makeup and you're looking gorgeous and you do look gorgeous. And, and then you go, here's the reality. This is me the next morning. <laughs> I've got spots. I've got, I'm hungover. I've got, you know, I've got a wrinkle. I've got all of these things. And, and, and also you call out the trolls. I mean, it's, it's a strong thing to do. You're a strong girl, but also you've got, you're very, you're sensitive as well. You know, you and I have spoken about that. You're very sensitive as well. But my God, if more people were to just, I know it's such an easy thing for me to say, but just be kind. I know. Honestly, Gab, you'll get so sick of like, just urging people to do like, just that. Like, I thought last year in particular, when we were going through such a difficult time, not even just as a nation, but as like a world. On an international scale, we were all struggling with being separated from the people we loved, from being in this like new new normal. And you'd think like in that, given that we... Oh, sorry. There's Milo. Milo's here. <laughs> so this is dog, dog, doggy daycare. Bear with me one second. Please hold that. Yeah, get, go, 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 go. Completely. But is that the first time that your baby, that Milo, has gone off? Yeah, that's it. So he's, um, it's the first time I've had like a, a day without him in the house. So I, um, I had, I've had like a couple of photo shoots and little bits of filming and stuff. But I've always known he was in the house with his dad, so I didn't mind. But it's the first time. How do you feel now? Um, oh, it's weird, Gab. So like, I feel like you'll yeah, probably be, be able to relate to this with your kids. I feel a sense of freedom which I haven't had, like, in the five weeks since I got him, I feel like, shit, like, I can actually relax. But also, I do feel, like, a bit a, a bit sad. I love him so oh, much. Oh, no, I, I remember. Do you know what? With my, my first puppy, I remember... Um, so I remember leaving... This is when my mum was still alive. And I remember leaving the puppy with my mum and dad. And I sobbed. I yeah. literally left and sobbed. My mother said, the dog is going to be fine. I've, I've, I've bred dogs, you know. And I went, I know, but it's still, I feel odd leaving it. And I promise your baby will be fine. But it's still, that first feeling is real. It's very emotional. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, the, the dog walk, as just said then, like, your mum's totally bob on. Like, the dog's going to be fine. It's you I'm asking if, if you're okay. And I suppose, like, I've got I've got no kids, have I, Gab? This is my first, like, yeah, dip into yeah, the world of being a primary caregiver for anything. And how much effort and how much energy and how much time goes into looking after them, like, I was completely unprepared for. I'm so overwhelmed at the minute. But I was also unprepared for just how much I was going to love them. Yes. I can tell. It's a lot. I can tell. It's, <laughs> it, but isn't it a wonderful, wonderful thing? Dogs are just... I love dog. I love dogs. I wish I could have one. My husband's allergic. Sometimes, no. I, sometimes I look at him and think, maybe you, I could say goodbye to you and get a puppy. Yeah. But no, no, no. I don't. I don't. That's only a joke. I absolutely <laughs> love my husband. Honestly, I would be feeling exactly the same thing. Like, how much do I really love you? <laughs> <laughs> so it has changed your life, though, hasn't it? Mine oh, has changed your life. Hundred and ten percent. Like, I I was living quite a. Don't get me wrong. Like a really lovely life, but probably quite an quite an empty selfish one um and I didn't have you know you've got your responsibilities keep the house tidy go to work on time all that sort of stuff but 
I never really had any real responsibility until Milo's come along and it's a baptism of fire I'm not gonna lie like I feel like Mm -hmm. a new mom I'm constantly on edge I when he sleeps I'm like oh my god now I can sleep like I am so so exhausted but so in love so I think it's as close to being a new mum as, as I've ever felt yeah, anyway. It is. Would you really call yourself selfish? I think you give out. I, don't, I wouldn't call you selfish. No, I, I think that's I mean, really nice. I, I always endeavour to look after the people who are in my life, you know, and like I've always got time for everyone else. But you know, when you don't have anybody else to look after and when you're just focused on your life, I, I think you can be quite selfish. So, yeah, I did I did what I want, when I wanted to do it. And those days are long gone now with Milo's arrival. Yes. He is ru- ruling the roost. It's a little fluffy butthole. Yeah, when you go out and you know you have to get back in, you have to get back because of the dog. There's always that in the back of your mind. Yeah, oh, he's constantly on the in the back of my mind. And, and like yesterday, we were out for like a couple of hours and my neighbour, when I come back in, he was like, was everything all right, mate? I saw you. I saw you running into the house and I was like, I'm Mr. Milo. <laughs> he was like, I thought the house was on fire or something. I was like, oh no, I've been gone for a couple of hours. I'm Mr. Milo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. That's so lovely. And you seem, do you know what? You seem incredibly happy now because, you know, your your uh, relationships have been very public because you've you've also chosen to discuss some um, somewhere on television. People were very aware of the past and, and what's happened to you and how they've treated you. But yeah. you seem to have found, oh gosh, it does sound, this is going to sound like a, a Disney movie, but you seem to have found happiness. The two of you together, before Milo came along, you just seem to get each other. He's a, he's a really nice man, Gabby. Like, I am very lucky. Um, and I, I do feel like I was, I was due a very nice man. Because like you say, I haven't had the best of luck. Um, and, and don't get us wrong, like, we still have our ups and downs like any other couple. Um, I blame Disney for completely um, making me feel like relationships are just meant to be like rainbows, candy floss and kittens every day because we all know that's a load <laughs> of bollocks. Um, it really is. Yeah, but he's he's great. Um, he's a nice man. He's very handsome, which helps. He's really supportive. Um, and we want a lot of the same things, which I think is, is the key thing there. Like uh, in the past, I think blokes have, have wanted to be with me and, and like the idea of me so they've been keen to go along with what I think the, the thought I wanted but you know like if some like people have just you've got to be happy in yourself and there's no point in going along with what someone else wants because the truth always comes out in the end so no me and her can want the house the doggy hopefully marriage and kids one day so it feels nice to be with someone who's on my page and on my wavelength and really supportive of the things I'm doing professionally. Do you know, you're saying marriage, those are are the things that you want. And I love that because there you were as a little child pretending you were on this morning or (laughs) being Carrie Bradshaw. And now it is the the dog, the the house, the babies, the wedding, all of that. And there's something, it's it's usually the other way around. You know, it's very funny as a child, little girl, little girls sort of say, oh, I want to be the princess. I want to have children. I want to have babies. And I love that it's come to you this way around and it just feels so, uh, very. you you seem calmer. That's what it is. You seem calmer. No, I I think um, Erkan is the yin to my yang, I suppose. Like I'm quite a fast-paced, very neurotic person. Um, 
you know, like larger than life personality, but he's the polar opposite. Like he's just a very calming influence on my life. And um, we do complement each other in that respect. Um, I give him a little bit of a kick up the arse every so often, which is what he needs. And, and he provides me with a safe space, something calming. Like he's me solace, I suppose. And um, yeah, I think, like I said to you before, Gab's like, yeah, as you get older, your idea of what success is changes. And for me, through the years, it, it has always looked different. So whether it was, you know, being on this morning or whether it was winning the jungle or whether it was buying my own house, like it was always really me standing on my own two feet and me being very professionally successful. That was always, always what I wanted when I was growing up, when I was younger. That's what drove us. Um, but now, and by no means I'm, I'm done, I'm finished. Like I've still got so many goals, but like... Oh God, so, I hope so. Yeah, God, but something, ha- something happens to women in their 30s and it... I, Honestly, it's unfair because the same thing doesn't bloody happen to men. But you start to crave things that maybe have always been on your radar, but maybe if you're like me, had never been on your radar before. So I do want like stuff that I've never anticipated wanting. Like I crave a healthy, happy relationship. I crave peace and quiet. Like I love quiet nights in with Erkan. I, I would love to be a mum. I'd love to get married. So yeah, I think it's it's funny. As you get older, you, you probably realise what's really important. And for me, it's just being really content, really happy and being loved. Oh, how perfect. How perfect. <laughs> and you're going to make a wonderful mummy. Um, so, But you've written, I mean, you've written your books, you've done your novels, you've got uh, books about how to find happiness, you've got your fantastic podcast, The Secret Too, which I love. I love your podcast. It's Thanks. so real. <laughs> uh, you've, got, you've got your fashion range. You've, got, you've been in a sitcom with Love Island's Ian, who wrote it, Buffering, you know, with incredible cast. You've, you've, you've presented TV shows. Goodness me. And you're still only in your early 30s. That is a phenomenal amount of things to do. So there you are saying you crave peace. I'm not surprised because that's a hell of a lot of things to, to be on, on so many plates. And I'm not going to use the word juggling because I hate that expression because it's not about juggling. It's about, okay, it's sorting out your diary. Okay, yeah. so we've got this today. I'm going to be acting today. I'm going to be presenting today. I'm going to be writing today. I just think it's all there. And then when you said you've still got so much to learn, You've there's you've got so much still to give. <laughs> no, I mean, God, like back in the day, and like I I use that term loosely because it was like when my mum was younger. But like she was completely led to believe that like you had to have it all figured out by thirty, and that's when you had your kids, and and that's when you like became a housewife, and blah blah blah. But now, like, there's just so it, the world is different, and it looks it looks so much different for women. Like we can do anything we want to do, um, and we are not under obligation, like under no obligation to be the same as one mother's or even the same as one mates. Like if you want a fast-paced, fancy life, traveling the world and kissing boys in different continents, that's perfectly okay. But if you want loads of babies and a lovely partner who adores you, and that that's okay too. So yeah, I, I love me life the way it is and I'm super grateful for all the opportunities I've had but like I'm by no means done if anything I'd love to think I was just warming up so do you know it's very interesting though I mean I think you are just warming up I really do and I think you're around for for a very long time but but you do you care what other people think Mm, see that's my big downfall that gabs I care too much you know 
Yeah, you still do then. Yeah, God, like, I, I don't know at what age you get to when you just don't give up. You don't give up, like, an F. But um, it, even me mum, like, she's a very strong, sassy woman, and she is starting to care less and less. But, like, I see some things still get to her, you know, little arguments with certain people or comments online and stuff, and even looks from people in the street. Like, it, it's a very difficult thing, I think, as human beings. Like, it's so normal to... It's a desire to be loved, and you, you've got to crave, like, being accepted by your peers and stuff like that. I just think it's so normal. So there's a fine line between, like wanting to be a nice person and be a good person and, and hoping people like you and also knowing that you'll be all right if they don't. Um, and that's real confidence. That's real self-acceptance of who you are. And I think for most people, it's an ongoing battle. I know I'm struggling with it. Like I, I have spent so long, especially my like formative years and Geordie Shaw and stuff, being super divisive and, and not liked by many people. But I think it's it's natural that now I'm in a place where people see the real me and they like it, like I'm desperate for that to continue. Um, so I try not to beat myself up over it too much. I feel like, you know, it's nice to be liked and, and most people like that. Unless you're a Katie Hopkins character or the Piers Morgan who doesn't mind being controversial. Um, I think it's, it's super natural and normal. So, yeah, I could definitely do better. And I could definitely just every so often be like, you know, fuck this, this is me. And if they don't like it, that's fine. Um but there is still a part of me that just thinks, oh, God, I just wish everybody was nice and liked us. That's very interesting because what you, what you put out on your social media is for everybody to go, you know, like yourself. And, yeah. you, you know, you've been so open about your mental health issues. And I think that's what my daughter said about, oh, isn't she lovely? And actually, we were with a friend last night. Who, it doesn't matter who it was, but this person's very well known. And I said that I was going to be chatting to you for my podcast and um, that I was going on your podcast. And she's, and, you know, I, she's very well-known actress and, and she just went, oh, I love her. She <laughs> says it as it is. And she makes me feel all right about myself. And she's just lovely. And, and it's interesting how you've turned that around, but still I get the feeling that you don't believe in yourself enough. And I think that's, you know... It, the, what you give out, I want you to keep for some for yourself as well. I mean, that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Like, and I know, I I don't know. Like, I always say, I think for women, but, you know, I've got no experience of being a man, so maybe it's men are like this as well. But I always think, like, we're so hard on ourselves as women. We've got so much time for everybody else. Like, you you tell your daughters, you tell, like, you're, you're, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're going to be brilliant, like, today's going to be great. You tell them, but do you ever tell yourself? Like, you spend ages looking after your husband, making sure, like, he eats right and he has a good day. Do you do the same for yourself? Like, when you're in work, you make sure everyone is comfortable, everybody's happy, like, everybody's having a good experience. But are you doing it for yourself? Like, I think most women are natural caregivers, whether it's for their kids, their partners, the people around them, whatever. And it's very rare that they stop and take a breath and turn all of that kindness, all of that care inwards. They look at themselves. So... That is that is a, the long game for me, to be as kind to myself as I am to others and and show a little bit of that, put a bit of that love inward, I suppose, because it's a hard old battle learning to love yourself, I think. I definitely think it's a, a difficult one. Yeah, yeah, it is. And lots of people have a huge problem with it. 
And also, I think it's to do with, um, well, yeah, giving, giving out a lot of kindness. But also there's, there's this sort of jealousy thing. And I think a lot of women, I think women, maybe I'm wrong. I just think women seem to suffer with jealousy more than men. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I haven't met that many jealous men. But a woman, you're there for other women. And I hope that they're there for you and not jealous of you. You know that because you do look gorgeous and you do have what is perceived to be a really lovely existence you know you've got you've got Erkan you've got the dog you've got your new house you've got your books you've got your fashion you've got all of that and you have great weekends and you go up and see <laughs> your your mum and I always I feel funny saying mum because I should say ma'am but then it would be really weird in my accent because you call it she's your ma'am um but all of that and there will be people who are jealous of that and then they'll put out and they won't look after them. Do you sort of mean they'll, it, it seems to be another way of beating themselves up. I think, um, when it comes to like social media and stuff like that, and like your perceived life, it's, it, it's really difficult because people create these like very carefully contrived images of themselves to show online. And it, it is an awful lot of pressure for them to live this facade, but it's also an awful lot of pressure on other people and that's what builds this like culture of jealousy and hate online. Um, because whenever you, whenever a troll like says something or someone, a, a taxi who feels jealousy says something negative, like it never really is about you. It's about them and what their life yeah. is lacking. Yeah. If your post, your picture, your happy announcement, whatever, it held a mirror up to them and showed them what their life was missing. And like, I've thought to loads of people about this and, Everyone always says, you know, you need to show them kindness and you need to do this. And But it's easier said than done sometimes when you're having a bad day, yeah. when you miss your mum, like when you got up late and you're running around or you're on your period. Like it's so hard to take those things on the chin and extend that kindness when you feel like telling them to like, bore off. So I just always try and remind myself that whenever anybody is nasty or attacks you or is, like aggressive on, online, it says more about them than it does about you. And shows them maybe some an area of their life that they need to work on. Um, but I agree with you, and I, I know it's very it's not very feminist of me, but I do feel like jealousy comes from women more than it does men, um, which is a real shame because we're all in this together, lasses, and we're all just figuring it out. And none yes, of us really yeah. got a clue. <laughs> so wouldn't it be nice they're if we here. just all supported each other? I think it's a, a a very worrying emotion, jealousy. I think of all of them. I hate. Jealousy, I hate greed. Oh, I hate greed. Ugly Can't emotions, that's what we call them. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, can we talk about you acting? So let's talk about, let's go to the sitcom, Buffering. <laughs> so tell me about this. I love oh. that you're doing this. Do you know what? It's so easy. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting so much um, unwarranted praise heaped upon, heaped upon us. Um, it, it, I literally was just myself. Gab, like I had a cameo as myself, so it's dead easy. It was dead easy because I was just me. Granted, like a caricature of myself, a very um, exaggerated version. But yeah, it was it was great, and it was so easy to do because, like I say, it was written for me by Ian and his lovely writing partner. Um, and it was just me being silly and being me, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I had such a nice time. Like that's my background, really. Um, my degree was drama, media, and cultural studies. So. Elements of all sorts are, are a real mixed bag, but 
drama was my first passion. So it was lovely to be able to flex those muscles again. I think yeah, there'll be more of that. I really do. Oh, I'd I do. Love to think that. Um, and then your podcast as well. So the secret too. It's very real. It's very you. It's very because you love people. You love having a conversation. You and I. I mean, <laughs> you know, if we ever got together, we and we weren't recording, we would not stop. I think we'd probably talk the hind legs of everything. But your podcast as well. You're very passionate about that, aren't you? Yeah, I, I think like my podcast was. Um, a real labour of love. Like, I wanted to do one for quite some time, but you know, the longer I waited, Gabby, like, the more pressure I felt because the more popped up. And I thought, ah, God, is there even anything to talk about anymore? So I got so in my own head about it. But lockdown provided me with the, the perfect excuse and opportunity to to really sit down and come up with a format that I was passionate about. And, and you're right, like, I love chatting and I love talking and I love to get to know people and I like to have a laugh. But who I am has, has certainly changed over the last couple of years and I wanted it to have a message. So that's where the secret to idea came from. People, my lovely guests, like you will be in the next couple of weeks, um, they divulge a couple of pearls of wisdom. So our our gorgeous listeners can, can learn something and it can be anything like telling Brooke the secret of feeling fabulous at 40, Eamon Holmes, the secret of longevity, Gabby Allen, getting over a bad breakup. You know, like there are so many... Um, lovely things we're going to learn from these fab people so I am um, I'm absolutely loving writing it and of course it's spawned a book as well so I can't complain it's certainly keeping us busy yeah <laughs> and also um your autobiography that you updated and then novels I I mean a novelist as well uh you know honestly like I'm really a bit of a geek, like I'm in love with the written word and I'm sure you'll be able to tell like as everybody wonders how long the how long the Instagram posts are, I just can't help myself. I am um yeah, obsessed with, with the English language and writing and articulating myself and communicating and it's it's how I it's how I it's how I express myself, I suppose, mostly. So um after the success of my autobiography, which was god years ago now, but um and it's still um, a super big achievement and I love doing it so I, I try to turn my hand to the novel writing and you know I feel like you've got to you've got to celebrate your wins but you've also got to like own your losses as well it, it didn't have huge commercial success and I think it's a bit of a learning curve like the days of the whole celebrity driven um, novel you know like Katie Price had huge success and all that they were kind of on their way out so Although I love doing them, I don't know if as many people read them as probably should. So maybe I should stick to what I know, which is the whole um, more self-help and, and inspiring and, and personal experience kind of route. Yeah, but you've done it. You've done it. Do you know, you've, you've used the word, I want to go back to that word. So the word celebrity, yeah. I think it can be a really divisive word. And yeah, I think it's overused and I think it probably is misused. But what does the word celebrity mean to you? I think some of the hardest moments of my life have happened because, yes, I exercise bad judgment, but also because, like, I am who I am. I'm not scornful of where I am now. I'm incredibly grateful um, and super appreciative of, of all of the decisions I made, whether they ended up being, like, misguided or whatever, because um, it's led us to be who I am and be where I am. But, you know, some of the loneliest times in my life, some of my darkest moments... They were specifically because I am in the limelight. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, poor little reality TV star, because I'm so lucky. 
I know I've got a very charmed life, but it, it's you can't have light without shade in any walk of life. And um, I certainly think there's a fair share of shade that goes along with being someone in the public eye. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I, would, I, would I have chose this life for myself if I could go back and look and, and see what I would, like, all the things that would happen? Probably still, because, like I say, I'm so grateful. I've got a lovely house, a lovely fella, a lovely family, and I'm able to treat them and spoil them because of where I am. But, yeah, there's, there's definitely a darker side to celebrity, whether it be, like, the trolling, whether it be having everyone have an opinion of you, whether that be right or wrong, whether it just be constantly knowing that your life is truly not all your own. So there's good and bad, mate. Um, and I don't think it's I don't think it's as desirable as people thought. Um, yeah, that's... isn't it funny? People want to be little girls who say, you know, when you say, uh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I don't suppose people say it anymore. But when I was little, everyone said it. <laughs> and I say I want to be a TV presenter. And they'd say, oh, because you want to be famous. And I just, no, no, I just want to be. On telly, I just want to make telly because I love telly. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, people, you know, if you ask a young person what do you want to be, they'll say famous. Yeah. I want to be a celebrity, but that's not an. That's just. That's not an ambition. That's not a doing anything. No. That's just a. I don't. That's what I mean about the word. I just wonder how people perceive the word. We're fascinated by it, aren't we? And I think like TikTok, social media, Instagram. Reality TV, all those things have have created this <laughs> this world that I'm I'm not sure is entirely healthy. Um, and yeah, like I remember, all I wanted to be all sorts of stuff when I was growing up. Like I mentioned just a few of them to you before, but I I I know I gave a talk at like a like school leavers thing once, and it was designed to um, help like to inspire children to get into higher education. Like I did sixth form, I went on to uni, I graduated. I loved my time in school and higher education. But like I was meeting everybody at the end and they were coming up to us with their questions and this fella just come up to us and I was like, are you all right? So I was like, so what are you hoping to do after after sixth form? And he's like, I want to be the next Scotty T. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that's like a character from Geordie Shaw. Like I'm not yeah, even sure yeah. Scotty T is Scotty T. Do you know what I mean? I was like, um, okay. But, you know, like, you could be yourself. Like, his dad was standing behind him just shaking his head, like, he's going to do a plumbing course. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I love that. Like, I love that his dad's there guiding him slightly because, God, plumbers, man, it's a license to print money if you do it right, and we all need them. So I just think if I could instill anything in young people, it would be like, yes, chase your dreams, like, be exactly who you want to be, and but, but be you. Like, everybody else is taken. Whether it's Scotty T, whether it's someone from Love Island, whether it's me, like we're all taken. So be you and do it authentically and do it well, and God, you'll have a happy life. Good for you. <laughs> do you the the thing I always ask on this podcast is what makes you belly laugh? What makes you properly properly laugh? And you like to giggle. Oh, I love a good laugh, guys. Honestly, I think it's the best <laughs> medicine, man, isn't it? Um, it really is. What I'm, makes you laugh? Um, I mean, Milo is a constant source of joy for me. Um, but other than that, like, I'm 
I'm such a sucker for like nice comedy shows. Like I like I still watch Friends back to back, man. Like and I laugh at jokes that I've been laughing at for ten years, but they still get me. I'm obsessed with the characters. I like Friends. I like um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I like Modern Family. I like stuff that most people would just consider utter cheese and tack, but. Oh no, the the ones you've mentioned are great. Yeah. Oh god, like they just make me so happy. Like for someone like me, and I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to this. Like my mind can be quite a, a busy place, and sometimes it takes me to like dark, dark corners. And and oh god, I'm terrible for like you know, as soon as you close your eyes and your brain's like, let's show you all the mistakes you've made for the last ten years. Like that's my brain's favorite. So those shows that are lighthearted and fun and they just make me switch off. They make me laugh till I cry and they make me really happy. So, yeah, anything, anything along that, in that genre is, is probably my answer. <laughs> is that, oh, that's perfect. Well, that's a perfect answer. I have to say, Modern Family, I mean, I love Friends. I, I was lucky enough to do a show with the guys, gosh, uh, 20 years ago um, and a special with those guys. And it was it was one of those pinch me moments where you go, I've got all three of the the guys from Friends here and they're all talking about Friends and we were all obsessed with Friends. It was, so I, I completely get that. But Modern <laughs> Family, now there you'd see, I love that. That's not cheesy. It's just brilliant. It's done so well, isn't it? And each individual character is perfectly right, well-rounded. There's no supporting cast and every week your favourite changes and you identify and you can relate and it makes me cry, it makes me laugh and... Oh, I could watch it endlessly. You see, that's what you should do. I think you should do more acting and I think you should do a sitcom. And I think it should be a sitcom based up at home where you were born and uh, uh, and just about the, the wonderful craziness. I think I discussed with you when I first met you that I was working up there for a few weeks and I've never experienced a Friday night like it. <laughs> Uh, honestly, oh, and, and you never will again, mate. It's oh priceless. my god! <laughs> I mean, there was every sort of fun. There was no, so there was no. Uh, you know, people talk about oh, everybody was getting off their faces. <laughs> they were, but there was. Oh, everyone was dressed up, but dressed up to the nines because they were just they were released from work and they were released from the tough days that they were doing. And they were all dressed up and it was winter and the girls had nothing on. Oh, yeah. And the guys had nothing. I mean, the, the, the short, and I was there in about 28 layers in really <laughs> London and Southern just going, what are you all doing? It's freezing. I mean, and then just the laughter and the joy and the noise and the celebration of life. And I've never, I don't think I've ever experienced a Friday night like that in my life. Um, I mean, obviously, it's just like that was my upbringing, so it's a par for the course <laughs> for me. But no, I, I, um, I might be an Essex girl now, but I'll always be a Geordie girl at heart. Like, I'm so proud of where I'm from. Like, the northeast is a beautiful part of the country, but yeah, it's the people that make it. And oh, they're amazing. You know, yeah, God, and all the all the old like stereotypes and stuff they're completely true like I remember going out <laughs> once man like for my 16th birthday so obviously we started young um and I remember and my birthday's November I'm Scorpio and we were out dressed as hula girls in November oh. in Newcastle must have been in the minuses man 
And like I'm bombing around with like a shell bra and a grass skirt. Like just didn't feel the cold. I'm a little bit older and a bit of a southern softy now. So I do take a coat with us on a night out. But you should say the looks, I guess. It's almost like they want to kick us out. <laughs> well, that's how they were to me. It was like... <laughs> Gabby, Gabby, can you take some clothes? No. <laughs> what are you doing? You've got boob tubes and mini skirts on and and, and bare feet. What are you doing? Put some, I honestly was like, put some clothes on. But the, but got the their beer jackets on. <laughs> oh, but the welcome you get there, just the warmest welcome. And there should be shows. There weren't, When I was growing up, there were shows set there. And I think that's what you should do. I really do. I was thinking it the other day when I was knowing you were coming on this. And I just thought... Right, you've got to do a show, not Geordie Short, not uh, just a show about um, a weekend there <laughs> in Newcastle. That's what you should do, a comedy drama of a weekend in Newcastle, a lost weekend in Newcastle. I would love it. Get the characters. Do you know what show? Yeah. Like, I think of whenever you talk about that, I think, is it called We're Friends in the North? Do you remember that? Yes, yes. I Daniel do. Craig as well, with a Geordie accent. What did you think of his Geordie accent? Uh, I preferred I prefer his pants in um, James Bond. I prefer his walking walking out the sea scene. I've got to be honest, um, but it wasn't bad. Oh, I said so far worse. Most people tend to make it sound Jamaican. Oh, I can't do a Geordie accent to save my life. I can do other accents. When I was at drama school, I like you. I did drama. Um, uh-huh. I, I I was I could do accents. Anyone makes me do a Geordie accent, honestly, go on, give me a lesson in how to do a Geordie accent. You'll see. You okay, will piss give, yourself. I can't do it. Start at easy. Give us a why I. Why I. Why I. Bob on. That was perfect. Why I. Why That's I. it then. That yeah. I just go around and say why I. Oh, yeah. You'll be infiltrating the Geordies in no time. Just take your coat <laughs> off and say why I. <laughs> That's me done. That's me sorted. <laughs> well, I'm going to end on that because I'm going to go around barefoot, no coat, <laughs> my boobs out, but not fully, obviously, and I'll go way I. No, see, I did it again. I went, go way I. No, that, I've done it wrong. Again, do it again. Why I. Yeah. Why I. Bless you. You know what? You are a, a force for good. And just carry on being that force for good and set, putting everybody, telling everybody as it is, but also putting the happiness out there because you do put happiness out there and I know you get trolled. And to every single one of those trolls that says anything bad to you, I'm going to stick up for you to the cows come home. I'm there with your ma'am because, see, I said ma'am. Yeah, because you're slipping right you into wanna, it. You, yeah, why I? Because you want to do good. So carry on doing good. And thank you for being on this, my sweet. Oh, honestly, it's my pleasure, Gabby. You're one of the good ones out there. I love seeing your name in the comments. You always make a smile. So I wish you the best of luck with it. And thank you very much for having us. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And coming up on the next episode is the fabulously talented actor, singer, and writer, Alan Cumming. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button? And thanks so much for your amazing reviews. We honestly read every single one and they mean the world to us. Thank you so much. Thank you.